Hey, listeners, this episode is coming to you right on the tail end of the March for Our Lives marches and demonstrations that went on across the country over the weekend. And these marches were in response to the school shootings and the most recent one in Florida. And I can tell you myself, this is a time in the United States where the only thing we can do is find our way to participate and help and support and share our voice. It used to be that we could kind of, I for, I for one, could just sort of sit back and wait for something to happen, but it's no longer that way. And that's kind of why I'm doing the Stand Up For Something series this year, because I want to find the thing that speaks the most to me to attach myself to and to try to make a difference, to try to do something that matters around activism, uh, service, whatever the case may be. And in these times right now where we have all of this like sadness, like deep sadness around these shootings and fear, people are operating under fear and two very strong opposing sides. And, you know, the kids are just standing up and making the change. They're saying, hey, you guys aren't doing it. We're going to go out here and start doing it ourselves, which is so exciting to see that happening in a way. I mean, it's unfortunate and horrible that these shootings are happening, but it's amazing to see these kids finding their voice. But one of the things that happens is we get so stuck in the negative. People get so burdened by the fear and the sadness and the negativity that it's almost um, immobilizing, right? It keeps people from doing anything. And so even in times like this, where it's just so dark and sad, I find my technique for getting out of that and trying to find a way to do something that matters, to do something to help, is to kind of shoot out to some moment and memory of my own that's really uplifting and brings my energy up. And I tether to those. And when I tether to those, I can look at these situations from a whole new perspective and hopefully find a way that I can contribute short of sitting in my house and wondering what can I possibly do. So with that, I'm going to bring you one of our next Stand Up For Something episodes in this series. And I'm really excited about this group because they are helping me understand how to protect a very important resource in our world. Here we go. This is Glistening Particles, and I'm Jane, your host. I like to hear inspiring stories for people that I barely know and share them with you, and that's what we do here. I never know how it's going to go. I never know what they're going to say, but it's always a good story. Hey, you guys, did you see the video promoting this new episode? Yeah, I'm using a new tool called Promo by Slidely, and it's sort of a one-stop video service that uses premium videos, licensed music if you want, or you can bring in your own music or audio like I did, and it was so easy to use, and I'm so impressed with it. In fact, their help is available on chat 24-7, and they helped me through my first one with ease. So if you'd like to try it out, check out the link on the show notes where we have a promotion for you to give it a try. Okay, everyone, in this episode, get ready to laugh and feel uplifted because Timothy and Nicole from Detroit are doing something so exciting to help the bees. So you know the bees that fly around our yard and pollinate things and, and you know, sometimes they get in our way and sometimes we don't want them around. Well, let, let me tell you something, without them, we don't have food. I mean, they basically pollinate 90% of our food chain. Timothy and Nicole found a way to bring bees back to the inner city and it's amazing. Here they are. <laughs> All right, listeners, today I have with me some people, Nicole and Timothy from Detroit, who have a really cool thing called Detroit Hives. Hi, you guys. Hey! <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you just made my day. Plus, they're on video. I wish you guys could have seen it. They are so excited. 
Oh, so I want to um, share what you're doing with people because it's amazing. You know, I sit here wondering yeah. what I can do to help the world on a pretty regular basis. In fact, last night I was at this cool film festival all for um, how this this group that's trying to save the rivers in the, in the United States. Really cool. All these different like short um, uh, documentaries. It was like 12 films. It was so cool. And then I'm like, okay, what can I do to help? There's so many. How do I help? And whenever I hear about the bees and the issues, I mean, like, we'll all be gone if there are no bees. We will be gone. It like makes me want to curl up in a ball and and just like rock because I don't know what to do. And you guys are doing something. So tell everyone what you're up to. It's amazing. (laughs) Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. And it all it all started stemmed from uh, me having a cold that I couldn't get rid of (laughs) and trying almost every over the counter medication um, from Theraflu to even trying home remedies like garlic and onions and all types of things to try to reverse this cold and nothing seemed to work for me that, you know, like most men, a lot of us don't go to the hospital or we try to avoid seeing a doctor. So at this point, the cold began to, to linger around for almost two months. Oh, finally gave up. Yeah. I finally gave up and went to the hospital and see a doctor and the doctor didn't really have any answers for me and he couldn't really point out what the exact problem was. So he recommended me trying some uh, over-the-counter medication as well as some antibiotics. And that seemed not to be the solution. That didn't work for me. And my cold was still lingering around. So um, as going into a local market that I normally go to here in Ferndale, um, the store owner recommended me trying some local raw honey. And I pretty much laughed at him thinking that, you know, you know that's not going to work. I tried almost everything. I even went to see a doctor. I really don't have a better solution to this other than just to just wing it off or just let it blade run its course. So I tried the local raw honey. I tried it every day, a teaspoon every day for three weeks. And I began to notice that the phlegm in my body began to stop producing the mucus. And as well as my cough was suppressed. I had a really bad cough. And then what the store owner said was you had to consume the local honey because the honeybees go within our environment and they pollinate from flower to flower. And they create what we call immunotherapy from taking what's what's normally allergic to our environment, and by consuming that pollen from those flower spores, it makes your body more immune to your environment. Also, local raw honey, the raw honey has that pollen inside the honey, as well as those enzymes that's medicinal, whereas a lot of store-bought honey from major retailers, a lot of those natural enzymes and pollen is, is not inside the honey. It's stripped from that medicinal property. And then a lot of times you have honey in the stores, unfortunately, that is mixed with high fructose corn syrup mm-hmm. or it's artificial sugar. So, you know, um, by consuming that, it worked for me. And I was so intrigued about it that I began to learn more about honey. And I began to learn that it's also good for diabetics or pre-diabetics where it helps regulate your blood sugar. I began to study how it's a natural energy booster and also how it promotes melatonin, how you can promote a good night's sleep. And most importantly, it's good for a natural fat burner. So I've been learning about all the medicinal properties about it. And then, you know, with Nicole and I, we noticed that Detroit has so many vacant lots in the city of Detroit. We've already been trying to figure out what we're going to do or what could we do with help with some of the blight in the city of Detroit. So all types of ideas were in my mind beforehand. So once I got sick and ran about, learned about honey, Nicole thought yeah. it would be great to bring bees to, to Detroit. The city. To the inner city. Yep. So we wanted to transform Detroit vacant lots into an urban bee farm. And Nicole thought, you know, you want to speak on how um, local farms or how most farms are up Michigan and bringing it to the city would be great for the, the community yeah. where you don't have to travel so far. And most right. importantly, we can educate other people that may be suffering from allergies or maybe mm-hmm. suffering from something that I went through where they can try they can try an alternative method, method with alternative method with local honey, local raw honey, and we can educate them on that. So from there, we took, uh, we, we sought out what it, we didn't even know what the word was called. We found out the technical word for it was called a beekeeper. Yeah. So from there, we Googled beekeeping and we wanted to find beekeeping in Michigan. Yeah. We came across the Southeastern Michigan Beekeepers Association and looked up and see if he had any classes to become a beekeeper. We called them and unfortunately at that time, all of their classes were uh, sold out for the spring. So they recommended us to two other courses that may be taking enrollment. We yeah. call those courses in Michigan, and they accepted us into the program. We finished two courses in Michigan and went right into action. 
to begin beekeeping and taking on bees and educating people about uh, apiology, about bees and about the colonization of honeybees. And, you know, the rest is history from there. That's amazing. Like, if you, if you could have seen me, I'm like shaking my head like, oh, my gosh. Like, what was the time frame? Okay, first of all, so many questions. Uh, wow. So many okay. questions. What was the time frame from when you realized that you were getting better and you wanted to learn more about bees and honey to you start, you were putting up the first hives in that property? Great question. Uh, the time frame of me being sick and recovering from the sickness is around December to at the beginning of February. So that was like 2016 to 2017? Like, so like... Yes. Yeah, the end of 2000. So not just now. It was like about a year ago? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So <laughs> so three months goes by. And then when did you... Have, so that's when you had your first hive was in three months? No. Okay. Okay. Well, no. No. Because no. we took... Um, our, we started our courses at the end of March. Okay. Gotcha. Um, and then we took another second course in April uh-huh. and, um, we got our first two packages of bees, um, the end of April. So like April the 25th, uh-huh. 26th. Um, oh, your bees were born. It was your bee babies. Yeah. And, and within our first course, our first course was only a week long. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it was very intense. It was very packed in with a lot of information. So they gave us they gave us enough information to go and start with our bees to be hands on. But we wanted to further that education and take them a little bit more uh, that had more more in depth. Yeah. So after that course that we took, um, we got our two packages of bees. So while we're taking this second course, we're learning <laughs> yeah. and having our own little hands on with our first bee. So as we in class, we take it learning as we go. Wow. Yeah. Like were you afraid? Okay, so this is just me. I, I had a bad bee sting when I was like little and I always have this fear of getting stung. So was there any fear of like, okay, now we have a pack of Absolutely. bees. They're my bee babies, but they can sting. You know, how does that go down? Absolutely. Um well it kinda <laughs> helped with, with the first class because we were in confrontation with some bees. And we know we learned a little bit more about them. I think more importantly, when you learn about honeybees, you kind of lose a little bit of that fear. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. that they only sting when they feel threatened. If you any put any threat around the queen or the colony, then they're most likely to sting you. Okay. So knowing that, and then being exposed to bees through our yeah. class, our first class, we were around thousands of bees in our first class. Yeah. And a lot of times they, we didn't, we didn't wear any equipment. Wow. Right. Yeah. So we watched people install a hive in that first class. Yeah. And I was like, wow, you know, <laughs> if, if we can if we can be in class with no equipment outside learning about bees, then I'm sure we can get over and install our bees. Thing, the same with thing. Our own bees. Right. Yeah, yeah, I think I threatened the bee that stung me because like I stepped on it with my bare foot. So <laughs> and not on purpose. Not on purpose. I was yeah. just running running in the grass. You know, honey bees remember your face, they remember your scent as well oh. as they remember every time yeah. you swat at it. Or maybe nip it or bump into one. Wait, 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 wait. What? Are you serious? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yes. they remember, like if I, if I swatted at a bee, it would remember me? It would, would it come after me? Or it's just the next time it sees me, it goes, oh, yeah, I remember her. They, were, they will remember it, but they probably yeah. won't come after you. And also mm-hmm. when they die, they pass on that DNA. So the other bees, their offspring remember your scent and your face, which is incredible. <laughs> oh, my God. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's inherited yeah. in their DNA. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's curious. I want to know if that actually happens in humans and we just haven't discovered it yet. You know? <laughs> that we remember. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So have you have you been stung at all when you were working with it? I've been stung three times and every time I've been stung, I had no equipment on. Mm-hmm. Um I feel comfortable around the bees. And uh, I try to just, you know, sometimes where equipment feels a little unnatural. Mm-hmm. Sometimes yeah. we like to work around the hive and just do what we need to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, without wearing equipment, we want to be more comfortable around the bees. We want yeah. to get rid of that fear. And that 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 action also causes other people not to be afraid, afraid. Of, afraid of bees. This is mm-hmm. called mousophobia. And a lot of people inherit this mousophobia, the fear of bees. But uh, either it's inherited directly or indirectly. Mm-hmm. Sometimes maybe watching your parents, maybe watching friends and family run and swap yeah. a bee or maybe maybe look maybe look afraid around a bee or whatnot. So I think uh, just 
being calm and educating people on that helps people yeah. get around. Yeah. I try to just walk away. Like, you know, when you go to farmer's market and there's a lot of bees around certain areas, I just sort of like, oh, yeah, you can have that area. I'll go over here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't confront them. I just like I have respect for the bees, honestly. Because, yeah. yeah. I mean, they yeah, just like all animals and creatures and insects, they all have a place here. So we need to give them their space. Yeah. Um, so um, so you've been you've had them almost a year now, almost a year. Yeah. Yes. Up almost, on that. A year. almost a year. And. Um, what has been like the the most exciting part of it? Like, what's the experience, the thing that you're like, oh, this is why we're doing it. I get it. I think uh, the birthing and the honey process, yeah. because within our first year, it's a process for the bees to first build out their foundation. They had to build out the honeycomb. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Eggs, yeah. And then that's where they start making honey. So watching the process start. To uh, from them to first going into the hive to make a mm-hmm. honey is very exciting because it's like, mm-hmm. hey, they finally made their first product of honey. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, as the bees were building up their hives, we were cleaning up and building up that same, that property at the same mm-hmm. time. So we both so, were working together. together. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. And how many hives do you have on that property right now? Is it did you say three? Um, right now, we have three, three hives on that property, and we're projecting yeah. 10 hives for this upcoming season. Mm. On, on the same one. property, or are you going to move get to yep, another on one? That property. On the same oh. property. Yeah. Yeah. And we have another another piece of property. It's a parking lot. Mm. It's just under an acre, uh-huh. 32,800 square feet, and we're working with local beekeepers to have them install their hives on this parking lot. And the problem is sometimes in suburban areas, um, it's hard for beekeepers to have backyard hives because it goes against the community uh, block standards or whatnot. So they they struggle with beekeeping in suburban areas. So we're letting them put their hives in our parking lot, no charge, pretty much just to create a community of beekeepers and make a, a great harmony between the community and uh, the environment as well. Yeah. I love that. You know, it's kind of like we're, community gardening, only it's community beekeeping. That's amazing. You guys, like, did you come up with all this idea on your own? I'm like so uh, impressed. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. uh, right now we're projecting 10 highs on that location. So that'll mm-hmm. be a total of 20 highs for this upcoming season. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, seriously, I'm like super impressed. Like within a year, you have created something so beneficial for your community and for the world, right? You've set an example of something people can do. Like I'm hoping someone in Madison will do this. Maybe I can do it here. Maybe I can do it here in my little town outside of Madison even. Yeah. Like I said, once uh, we began beekeeping, we didn't stop there about learning about other things. We began to learn I, it improved my whole quality of life, and I have appreciation mm-hmm. for all living things. Yeah. So I began to study about uh, ladybugs and their purpose and how they're natural pesticides. So yeah. instead of using chemicals, we educate people, urban gardeners, and the average day citizen on how they can just uh, install ladybugs in their garden, their small gardens, and they can eat up all those annoying pests. Pests. Wow. Yeah, yeah, so ladybugs are is a great solution to that. And like I said, with pesticides and herbicides being sprayed on all of our crops, and herbicides being sprayed on suburban lawns and rural lawns, this not only puts honeybees at a state of declination, but all insects are affected by this problem. Yeah. Even, even humans, even when yeah, honeybees pollinate from these infected or contaminated pollen and nectar, they bring that contamination back to their hive. So a lot of times that's, in, that's inside the honey. So now they're testing honey to see if it's been labeled with herbicides or pesticides. Mm, so this is going to, yeah. not only does it affect them in that instant, but it also affects us as humans consuming that honey. Well, that's right. the thing. I mean, and I saw that last night in the film festival, like every single change we make in the beauty of nature, the way it all is supposed to work yeah. has like the butterfly effect, you know, it's just like ching, 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 all these little turns and twists that we can't predict. Right. Not, and, I mean, not that I ever would have said, hey, let's put a bunch of, you know, killing chemicals on our on our food. I would have never said that was a good idea. But but it's still like I'm sure that it, they didn't think of what it would do down the chain, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It has a, a, a greater effect that we need to address. So yeah. um, do you have ideas of like how many hives would need to be up and running like that in the area that you are to really help? rebuild the honeybee population to a good level well we don't have we don't have an idea to make a huge dent Mm -hmm. but we are projecting we're really projecting 200 highs by 2019 
Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. <laughs> but I, I think, you know, there's over 20,000 species of bees in mm-hmm. the world. And we all can play our part. And maybe everyone can be a beekeeper, but you can plant a, a pollinary garden nearby. You can plant, you can lay out a bowl of water for bees and pollinators to drink up. So yeah. there you have native bees that still need a great nutritional source of food, mm-hmm. and then you have to keep bees. Right. So people can play their part as well as, like I said, transforming vacant lots or maybe transforming their backyard. Maybe mm-hmm. set aside mm-hmm. those dandelions that people normally cut. Just allow your grass to grow during the spring so that those bees have something to pollinate from. I love yeah. the dandelions, okay? Yeah. I'm a dandelion fan. In fact, it makes me really sad that they, they get, like, such a bad rap. They do. Yeah, who, they, who decided they, they, that? You know? Yeah, I have no idea. Like, you know, once we start getting these bees, we learned about so many things. And just like with the uh, dandelions, we learned that the dandelions have so many medicinal properties and good for bees. It's good for us. Absolutely. So um, to help with the decline in the bees, like you said, just allowing that grass to grow during the spring, because during the spring, um, those dandelions and those white clovers are like the first things that pop up. Mm-hmm. And those are very important foods for the bees to survive um, during the springtime. So if people just allow their grass just to grow just a little bit, just to let those dandelions, those white clovers mm-hmm. just grow. And then second, just, you know, cut down the use of pesticides and chemicals and spraying on your lawn maybe look for alternative natural mm-hmm. uh, methods to yeah. do those things and then um, also just eliminating the fear and telling people the difference between wasps and honeybees because a lot of people get those misconfused get those uh two insects confused right um, definitely yeah so um and society also yeah Entertainment plays mm-hmm. a huge impact on that as well. It does. Like whenever you see uh, a nest in a tree, a lot of people associate that with a, a beehive. Mm-hmm. But in mm-hmm. fact, those are wasp nests. Right. Their bees, honeybees build their, their nests inside, inside yeah. trees or whatnot. But mm-hmm. wasps build their nests outside of, uh, on, I'm sorry, yeah, outside. outside. Yeah. yeah, it looks like a paper mache. Right. So, and they hang from like a, like a, like a, a Chinese... Yeah, a lantern, like, like a Chinese lantern. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. So as right. children, we yeah. watch shows like, unfortunately, like we watch shows like Winnie the Pooh, and we see the the little honeycomb hanging from the tree. Uh huh. Okay. The bear is trying to get the honey out of there, but that's not how it works. Those are wasp nests. Yeah, uh, and there's no honey in there. No. <laughs> no. no. So like, what bees like to do is just they'll build like the honeycomb, mm-hmm. so they don't have like a and they don't create like a home. They'll build something inside like a tree and they'll start like honeycomb so um there's no like nest i was thinking like how this would be such a great message for me to share even at our elementary school uh, as a maybe they could even pass flyers around to their neighborhood to say hey try not to use chemicals you know what i mean like these are i think that age especially is so impressionable about our I think they're going to be the generation that's going to really save our planet. You know what I mean? Exactly. I think we're doing all the stuff we can now, you and us adults and everything that we can where we can, but they're going to be the ones that it's not even a second thought. This is how we operate. Yeah. So the couple of times that we've been to schools to educate children, they like already know Hmm. uh, what's going on with the bees. And I'm so like impressed, like, um, so they know exactly what's going on with the declination of the bees and mostly how they work. So we're just like reinforcing that um, when we go into the schools because we want to, like I said, eliminate the fear. Mm-hmm. Like, and when we talk to the children, because they, you know, they're the ones who's going to continue this on. The so cycle, yeah. The cycle, so they won't, um, so the bees won't be gone. Right, yeah. right. So, so the next generation. So the next generation. So right. we make sure we educate um, the children, especially. Right. about what's going on. We also find unique ways to make it more engaging. Yeah. Like sometimes we also talk about, you know, you know, bees work really hard. Mm-hmm. And just like us as humans, when we work really hard, sometimes we get stressed out. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times when we're stressed out, we may have a cup of coffee. Some people find other therapeutic methods like maybe working out or exercising. But what bees like to do is they like to visit plants and herbs that have a strong aromatherapy uh, sense. Mm-hmm. So, you know, planting lavender nearby is really great for the bees. It gives them, uh, it's good for to relieve them of their stress. 
anxiety. Yes, bees can get stressed out, and they can have you know some problems with anxiety as well. So by planting lavender, it's good for aromatherapy, and it can help prolong their life as well. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping at the end of this, I have a good list I can give people to, hey, here's some simple things you can do. Because not everybody's going to be going to beekeeping school and starting up their own hive. But so planting lavender, and you said having a bowl of water outside for the- Yeah, because uh, when the bees are going out foraging, they like to get something to drink, just like you're drinking your green juice throughout the day. <laughs> and like we're drinking a bottle of water, bees get thirsty when they're out foraging. Yeah. Especially, you know, like during the summertime, it hot. gets hot. So they need some place to go to grab some fresh water um, to stay hydrated. Yep. Yep. So, so planning, like maybe um, you get like a, it doesn't even have to be a deep bowl. You can get like a small flat mm-hmm. dish that's um, shallow. You okay. can place some rocks in there because they need um Landing. bees don't swim so oh rocks oh i and, wouldn't have known that i would have been like hey why aren't you swimming yeah. in my glass okay yeah. nope. just add some rocks or some marble something they can sit on but don't some fill it up yeah. all the way up to the top right um, so they can like land on a rock and reach in and get a drink and help put them down there and drink it yeah. so, i'll um, have like a little like a little bee resort little bee yeah, yeah. yeah. i love yeah. that you Plant like a little, maybe like a honeybee pollinator garden, and you have like the water nearby that wildflower um, plot with the little bowl of water. Oh, I love that! I I, I love this idea. Like, I'm totally gonna do it. I'm gonna send you a picture of it to prove that I okay. did. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Pot. You know how the flower pot and it has like that base. Oh yeah, yeah. Like the yeah. I know what you mean. What's the name of that yeah. thing? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> The base of the pot, yeah. the flower pot. But you can purchase some <laughs> and just sit like, um, find like some flat rocks or something to lay in there. saucer. Is it like a saucer? Yeah, saucer. Yes, exactly. Thank okay. You. That, was, that was like, I was sweating that one. I'm like, I have to figure this one out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and just put some, place them a couple of rocks in there, pour a little bit of water so they can land on the rocks and go down and Aww. drink the water. So um, if I were going to plant a garden that uh, does honeybee pollination, you said, what what kind of plants would I want in there? Um, any type of like wildflowers. Honeybees love those. They like smaller flowers okay. that you can um, go in and get the pollen and nectar from. Milkweed, thistles, lavender, black-eyed Susie's. Even if people have planted fruit trees. And then you know, I could get some ladybugs to put in there, right? And keep an eye on them. Bee bomb, uh, basil. Yeah, bee Oh, bomb. basil. I love basil. Oregano. Yeah. Um, mint. Okay. They love all those really strong smelling herbs that have oh. like flower bo- uh, blossom to it. Okay. So, and yeah, those are great. Well, I'll have to do some of that. I, I have a really good spot for that. It's got a oh. good part of the day is it's like a good balance of sun and shade. Okay. And then uh, I can have my little water, my little mm-hmm. water park out there for them. And yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, where the flowers are at. So I they know. can go flowers. That's a great idea. Water I'm <laughs> I mean, I just like to do my part. Like, I don't do the chemicals on my lawn anymore. Um, I, I mean, I think we used to put fertilizer on, but I sort of went, and mm, let's not do that anymore quite a while ago. Um, yeah. But it's it's tough. I mean, everybody else has the chemlon pulling up at their house. So even if I don't do it on mine, it's you know it's there. I think it it starts with you first, mm-hmm. and then once your neighbors in your block start seeing um, a change, mm-hmm. then you just go some from block to block or neighbor to neighbor, and you know have them start planting like a wildflower plot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and on their lot or maybe. Because I know there's a few people um, here in Michigan where they just got rid of their grass and they just have beautiful, like, wildflowers instead. So I know. That's what I want to do. I don't want to yeah. mow. I don't want to mow. Um, right. <laughs> I rented an Airbnb that had this beautiful lawn that was just, it wasn't a lawn. It was just all wildflowers and little, yeah. like, stone paths. And yeah. it's just, it's like, it's big, so I'll have to see. It's like an acre. So it's a lot of... Uh, Oh, a wow. lot of grass, so I'd have yeah. to get a lot of rocks and flowers, but it would still be fun and pretty. Yeah, even if you just take a portion. I know. Start somewhere, right? That's yeah, the thing. Yeah. That's the thing. 
And that's good for the other native pollinators too that love that stuff. Butterflies. Oh. And you know, once you start planting that stuff, you'll start seeing more and more nature come yeah. and visit you. Oh, I love that idea. Yeah, they don't visit me very much right now. <laughs> okay. I have your own little oasis. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're totally motivating me. Gosh, if the listeners are half as motivated as, as me right now, we're going to have bees all over the place. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. So is this kind of how you two are? So I should mention you guys are a couple. I don't think we mentioned yeah. that. Is yeah. this kind of how you are that you just get like really in and go all in on these cool ideas like this? Or is this a first? Well, <laughs> well this... <laughs> I kind of, I kind of, I'm kind of like this. Yeah. Um, it's when I saw the opportunity, I just had to jump right on it. Yeah. And I think it was, uh, it was something great. It was, we were passionate about it and we mm-hmm. went straight forward. So yeah, we just I went. To... <laughs> I think this, this was our first thing that we did together. Yeah, it is. Um, oh. like I, said, I have a background yeah. in business and I've been doing things with other, uh, business ventures, but this is our first one we did conjoined together. Yeah. So it's pretty yeah. cool. Hey. Pretty cool yeah. having the same like the passion, so, like I, just like yeah. it's so. Uh, and it was I, so different. It was something yeah. like my was always in creativity mm-hmm. and design. This is something dealing with uh, giving back. It's a, you know I've always been in the for profit sector, mm-hmm. so going into the non profit sector, giving back, it was something different for me, and mm-hmm. it allowed, it showed a different side of me. I was already mm-hmm. seeking a higher spirituality and trying to raise my vibration. Mm-hmm. That yeah. you know I. It, it just moved me and pushed me forward. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> ah, and there we have the moment in the show where I fall in love with my guests. It happens at some point every show where it's official, and now it's official. <laughs> you two are just amazing. And you know what? Okay, I have to ask you this. I was reading the article on, I think it was on HuffPost, and it said that the lot that you bought was like $345. Is that true? Is that Yes, it is. Well, I mean, I know it's true, but like, explain how that happens. That that's one uh, reason why what sparked us to do this is because um, Detroit works with nonprofits who can purchase vacant land and transfer it to repurpose them, yeah. and these vacant land properties go for a hundred dollars, starting at a hundred dollars. Yeah. So with that being said, I said we need to do something. Whether it's an urban garden or something, we yeah. really didn't know uh, what to start with. We had so many ideas. But in that process, we put it in the universe. We spoke it out there. But in that process, I got sick. And that's when Nicole said, hey, let's try the B thing because it worked for you. And I think it can work for other people as well. And it's a challenge. Like I said, we don't have a background in bees. Mm -hmm. You know, no one in my family does. So it was a challenge for us. We learned about bees. We were excited about it. And we wanted to change that narrative. We wanted to bring something to the community. And help them learn about something, you know. Yeah. About uh, I have like goosebumps right now because I just love how you put it out in the universe and it brought it to you through a cold. I think that's pretty <laughs> awesome. <laughs> you know, we we know it'll find a way. We just don't ever Absolutely. know the way. I never thought it'd be this way, but I know. you know, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know how many people have had colds and never and had and had honey. Because every time I get a cold, I use honey. By the way, uh, it's always been my thing: honey and tea with lemon. Yeah. I drink that up, and I'm all good. And I catch it right at the start, and the honey takes it out. But Absolutely. lots of people have done that, but not had the forethought or the you know the the expansion of the idea to, yeah. hey, let's do something with this. So I think that's just like so beautiful the way that happened. Absolutely. Plus, we had a state where Detroit is being redeveloped, and a lot of new things are happening. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing a lot of changes happen, which is good, and we want to be a part of that in a positive way. So. Yeah. Do you think everybody knows in the area about this like $100 land deal thing that there's, I mean, are people aware of that? Because it seems like there could be a lot of good ideas to put on no, these lots. For the most part, people look at it as a burden. They look mm-hmm. at it like, oh, I don't want to pay taxes on that or I want to pay money to fix that up. Mm-hmm. So yeah. for the most part, they look at it as a burden, like another mm-hmm. expense. Yeah. They don't see, they're not optimistic enough to see opportunity to change things. I mm-hmm. see opportunity to create something for the future, even when you pass on. Right. You know, there's plenty of ideas we can do with vacant lots. There's so many ideas I want to do with one. But, you know, I, I think when people see them, they see them as, as work. Yeah. You know, they see this yeah. work. I'm going to sneeze. That's what happened. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, bless you. Like. I know, I know. I'm like so close to sneezing. I think I need some honey and tea tonight is what's happening here. I'm like that close on a cold. Yeah. But I think like what I, I, I would love to see what other ideas people come up with for those lots. You know, there's so many yeah. ways to do beautiful things. Like even if someone bought one and said, I'm going to put up, you know, 
a bunch of uh, structures that people can come paint art on. You know, now you've got an art gallery in the middle of the neighborhood. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. one of my ideas was an outdoor photography studio. Like I said, my background is photography. Mm. And what I wanted to do was create uh, a landscape that pretty much changed without the seasons. So during the spring, we have a setup that goes with the spring. During the summer, you adjust to that. Mm-hmm. Then the fall, you have leaves and type of landscape for that. And then you can even have the photo uh, studio that's outdoors, even in the winter, where you can have snow setups or maybe something for a Christmas and holiday session. So, oh, that's I'll a great idea. Regarding that as well. But we take one step at a time. <laughs> <laughs> and we just want to put all of our energy into this. Yeah. That's the hard thing. I mean, yeah, and I wasn't suggesting you guys jump on another venture quite yet because this one's uh, pretty, like, on the upswing still. But that other yeah. people who have ideas could go and take advantage of those lots and do some, you know, good for the community. And I, it's so beautiful to see you trying to help restore that community because it was a tough hit. Boy, oh, yeah. Yeah. My dad was in the auto industry all of his career and just seeing in my, you know, my my brother and lots of people and uncles and uh, cousins that worked in the auto industry and just seeing what happened, you know, when that started to go downhill was really hard. Yeah. 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 Definitely. <laughs> so, um What's the next thing then um, for you guys? So it's adding more hives. Are you, uh, do you have any other pieces you're building around it though? Any other um, directions you're going with the beehives? Uh, absolutely. For our East Warren, we are working on expanding to a floral garden. So yeah. we do have uh, people that specialize in horticulture mm-hmm. and we're doing horticulture therapy where we'll be planting lavender as well as all types of wildflowers for the area that has a landscape design. We also partner with Peace Tree Parks, which is a community organization that transfer that transforms vacant lots into urban gardens. So mm-hmm. they'll be coming to our vacant property also installing garden beds so that our bees have basil, oregano, mm-hmm. and different types of herbs to pollinate from as well. Yeah. All of our produce that we do grow from last year, we gave it out to the to the community mm-hmm. for them to have as well. So we grew zucchini. Mm-hmm. Squash, tomatoes, peppers, peppers, and um, mint. Was it mint? No, was it mint? It was basil. 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 <laughs> now you guys do have full time jobs, right? Well, <laughs> it's like, how do you do all this? It's crazy. I've been employed for nine years, <laughs> and a lot of my my schedule is very flexible. Oh, okay, got I'm it. Yeah. and design. Yeah. A lot of stuff I do works from the computer, or if I have a client with photography. I have a flexible schedule. Okay, got it. Yeah. And I work full time, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> so were you doing like outdoor things like that a lot before? Like, never, no, never, <laughs> never, 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 never. never. I was never <laughs> the outdoorsy type of Me person. Either. <laughs> you know, that's why I said it, it's it's a little bit deeper than just the medicinal. Yeah. It's a it's a, it was a spiritual. Um, it raised my spiritual vibrations, yeah. and on top of that, like I said, it made me appreciate all of the things to the point where. I want to do more uh, explore exploration with nature. Sure. Yeah. I want to do more with other insects and learn about as much as I can about how the insects work together and how we work with them and how we create this perfect harmony in the universe. Mm, yeah, beautiful. And just yeah. being outside in the sun, you know, that can be like such a life changer. Yeah. About grounding, I learn about sun gazing. All yeah. Those, yeah. You know how you know we're not really designed to wear shoes. That when you wear when you walk on the ground, you absorb all the sun charged grass and the soil. Yeah. You know, all that kind of stuff I've been researching and learning. Like, I'm really learning about alternative medicine and trying to get my health right. We're definitely trying to be yeah. cautious of our weight now. And right now, I think the millennials now are more so on the organic, uh, vegan approach. They, they're, they're, they're straying away from the fast food and finding more healthier options for food. So I think that being one with the organic raw honey. Yeah, mm-hmm. and learning learning where your food come from, and then most importantly, there's no other place in Detroit where you can actually see a live hive. You know, wow. and then, in the entire wow, that's incredible. Yeah. So uh, when we created that space, we wanted people to come in to experience yeah, to that see to mm-hmm. see it because yeah, everyday person. I've, I've never seen I've never seen it. Um, so once we start doing, I'm like, oh my gosh, we have to like invite people yeah. and show right. people like how the hive works like you know because our big thing is to spread bee awareness so by spreading bee awareness we invite people out to these um educational tours and we do the live hive inspection so people can 
see what goes on inside the hive. They can see the queen laying eggs, um, the wow. bees working, and how honey is made. And then at the end of the tour, people get to sample the honey live right from the hive, like yeah. raw honey. Wow. I- That's amazing. You know, we're so far removed from it in our our society. Yeah, That's amazing. Like, you know, oh, you know what? I went to this restaurant uh, a while back and uh, we got a really cool tour up on their rooftop. They had, it was out, out west. So they had like sun year round or like warm weather year round. Yeah. But they had a garden on the rooftop where they grew mm-hmm. a lot of the herbs and some of the um, lettuces and that for their restaurant. But they also had a small hive up there. And I oh. thought that was so cool. Like maybe you can encourage restaurants in the area, you know, maybe like the, um, the farm to table kind of restaurants that are or the organic yeah. and see if they'd be interested in having a small hive of their own uh right in their right on the restaurant, right on the right. rooftop, yeah. right out their backyard or whatever. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Hey, I saw on your website that you have partners too and you mentioned a couple of them. What is it what does it take to be a partner with you if people are interested in doing that? Well definitely share our, our alliance with our mission as mm-hmm. far as for environmental sustainability and conservation. Um our partners right now include Peace Tree Parks. Uh, Grindstein Jewelry, which is sponsoring the high. Mm-hmm. Uh, Slow's Barbecue, which is a local restaurant, yeah. and they're using uh, our honey to make a honey barbecue sauce. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're also working with a local brewery called Black Bottom Brewery, where they're going to be using our honey to infuse with their beer. Oh, and yeah. uh, what else? Da, 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 da. we're working on other partners right now as we speak too. Yeah. Um, so okay, so if someone's uh, interested, they can contact you if they. If they have a logical partnership with what you're doing. Okay, nice. Or if any business want to sponsor a hive, we're definitely open to that. We'd love to to be able to spread that. Yeah, people can donate on your page, right? Absolutely. They can donate at uh, our website or they can visit our uh, our social media page on Facebook where there's a donate tab. But our website is www.detroithives.com. Okay. Definitely donate. Also, within that same year, we created a mobile app. And it was called yeah. Bemo. Yeah. Bemoji, Bemoji, right? I saw that. I actually looked it yeah. up. I, I looked it up. It's awesome. And, yeah. and we, what we wanted to do is we wanted to reach uh, the millennials and the younger uh, generation mm-hmm. and kind of directly or indirectly raise bee awareness with them and spread a new type of uh, way of educating people about bees. Yeah. That's really clever. Like, you guys, I'm just so blown away by how many different ways you've sort of, like, taken this one idea and... Like right. almost built, like sent this wide net, even though That's, it's yeah. three and hives and one one lot. It's still a wide net. I was in photography. So a lot of the ideas I've, I've been doing with uh, my advertising and photography company, where it's photography, whether it's create social media flyers, we just yeah. transfer that same uh, skill set to Detroit Hive. So all the designs we do in-house, all the photography we do in-house as well. So, you know, it makes it a lot easier. So everything that we've been doing or everything that we've been exposed to, it works for the, all the greater mm-hmm. good future highs as well. It's really great. It's really mm-hmm. great. I'm just like so impressed. Now, okay. if you if somebody wanted to start their own hive, where would you point them? What would you say? Hey, go here to get started. Oh, I would oh. say definitely contact their local bee association um, where they're located. Contact them and let them know they express interest. Uh, sign up, join the beekeeping course, and get involved. Okay. Get involved. Yeah. So if someone so were actually interested in having a hive, and maybe I'm talking about myself if I got to that point, like how much daily maintenance is involved? Like what kind of commitment am I talking about here? Well, to start, bees have been around before humans. They've been around billions of years before us. Yeah. So they know how to take care of themselves. Right. But we come together yeah. to make, make it a little bit easier for for everyone. Right. So, you know, you want to you oh. get that off? Um. <laughs> So I think when you first, not I think, but when you first um, purchase bees, mm-hmm. um, you're going to check on them once you install it. You're going to check on them probably the next three or four days. Um, just make sure that queen is being accepted into the hive. Laying eggs. Um, laying eggs. Okay. And that the the rest of the worker bees are bringing um, in pollen. That they're structuring the hive, building honeycomb. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna look and check on them, probably the that whole probably maybe two, three, four days, and then after that, what we do, I was going in there after that every week. 
Oh, and okay. Then from like every week to every two weeks. Oh, okay. So it's not like a, an hour a day kind of thing. Oh, no. <laughs> they don't need to be babysat. No babysitting the bees. <laughs> and it's therapeutic just watching them mm-hmm. go to work and, you know, yeah. and buzzing. So sometimes we were just nosy and checking on them. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're overprotective parents. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Bees yeah. know how to take care of themselves. They do. They know what to do. But, you know, by this being our first time doing it, we were just being overprotective and spying yeah. on them. Right. Yeah. Are you guys being good? No. Right. So then do you, to get the honey out, do you have to take the honey out? Or, like, what would happen if you didn't? Like, let's say you just wanted to have a hive just so the bees had a place to start doing their thing. Right. Well, like, in the first year, um, you're probably not going to pull that much high honey from the mm-hmm. high, if not um, any, if not any mm-hmm. um, because it's their first year and they're slowly, because it takes time. They have to build up the honeycomb, then go out and forage for pollen, uh, pollen and, and nectar. nectar. And mm-hmm. in between, the queen eggs. needs a space where she's laying the eggs. Okay. Um, so they have to build that the hive up first, the foundation. Um, so maybe toward the end of that season, which is maybe October, August, September. August, September. Um, you want to check to see if maybe they have enough honey mm-hmm. for you to take on your own, or just for you to for, to keep in the hive, because you want to make sure that they have enough honey to survive the winter. That's because what I was gonna say. Do, what happens in winter? Well, in the winter time, what they do was cluster inside the hive, um, and they'll keep like a ninety-eight degree temperature. Um, so they're vibrating and uh, giving off heat to keep that queen warm because she's in the middle. And so what they do is the bees that rotate, the ones on the outside will rotate inside out to make sure that everybody stays warm. And in between doing that, they're, you know, feeding and eating the honey that they've collected over the summer. Um, so, so the honey is yeah. the food. That's what yeah, they it is eat. The food. That's their stored uh, pollen and nectar. Yeah. That's how they're able to keep it and it can stay so long without it yeah. expiring. Like, you know, when you leave flowers, they eventually die and become no yeah. good. Right. That's their way of preserving their pollen and nectar by making it into honey. So that's yeah. their store food. That's their backup food. When it's their store food. Yeah. In case something happens. So, yeah. okay. So, like, I'm so fascinated by the story of the fact that they actually <laughs> are smart enough to make, like, rotate their position and keep warm of a 98 degree temperature in the winter, which is really cold in Detroit. It's like, it's like oh, here. Yeah. It's cold. Yeah. That... I think I could spend my whole life just every day learning about another insect and animal and plant and everything because it's just mind-blowing. It is. It is. It is. And the honeybees... They work really hard. They work really hard. (laughs) Now I know why you love them so much. Yeah. Yeah. They're fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody inside the hive has a job to make sure that that hive is sustaining and living. So, yeah. so learning from the bees, we can learn from the bees. That's for sure. Yes, you absolutely can learn from the bees. Wow, absolutely. Well, you guys, I can I can't even thank you enough for taking time out of your schedules with all these things to hang out with me and talk about the bees because it's just a super inspiring story. And I'm really I'm going to put it out to the listeners, uh, and I'll put it all over social media that if awesome. anybody, if anybody. Uh, decides to start a hive based uh-huh. off of this conversation, we're going to come back and get on the call with them and record them and hear about their story. Oh, yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah, that would be awesome. I know. And maybe it'll just be me, but we'll see. You never know. <laughs> yeah. since, since we began our mission, we've we've had people as far as California, Ohio, uh, Chicago, Baltimore, yeah. um, uh, pretty much all over, reach out DC. to us and want to want to start their own hive. And yeah. we've been educating them on the most we can do as far as taking up a beekeeping course, mm-hmm. uh, and you know where where they can club. buy where they can buy their hives and where they can buy yeah. their bees. At. You can buy bees. You, we buy our bees and <laughs> they shipped here, and you can install them. But we encourage people to buy them locally because mm-hmm. they're more prone to the environment. They know how to That's sustain survive during those type of climates. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the fact that you guys have done this in one year about something you knew nothing about right. and you've made such an impact should be kind of the call to action for all of us. Right? And, you know, and it was it, it was like it was a little bit of help from the universe because 
we will just speak it and it will just come straight to us. Yeah. Oh, I love that. We had this thing where we will say, we will say, we will say yes to the universe. universe. Yeah. So somebody will say, hey, you want to speak to the kids? We wasn't ready for it. So like, all right, let's do it. Do it. <laughs> you, to, you guys want to have, like our teacher, she, our first teacher asked us, we want to buy bees. We wasn't quite ready for it at the time, mm-hmm. but we had this, this policy once again, it's called yes to the universe. So we said, yes, let's, let's do that. Yep. <laughs> and we, we kept saying yes to everything. It, it just made us go faster. Yeah. You know? That's great advice. That is, I mean, that's exactly what I needed to hear at the end of this. Say yeah. yes to the universe every time. Yeah. Every time. Every time. All right. All right. Yeah. We still say that. We still Do you? Say that. Well, yeah. you're on the momentum now. There's like, yeah. you're just like on the fast train. You're on the fast train. <laughs> So yeah. where I wonder where this will take you. I mean, will you? I, I just can imagine. Like, have you been on Ellen yet? Because I think that's probably going to um, happen uh, at some point. <laughs> well, well, you just spoke that in the you universe. You just spoke that. We received it. What's you that? Spoke, you spoke that. I spoke it. Yeah. Uh, so will you we bring me it. with? Can I be your third? <laughs> awesome. Okay, yeah. universe. You heard that. We're all going to Ellen. All three of us. It's happening. <laughs> Oh, oh, man. oh yeah. my gosh. Well, I'll tell you for sure, if I come out, which I often do in the summer to see my niece in Toledo, yeah. I will be swinging on up to Detroit to see her high. Okay. Yay. For sure. There's no doubt about that. Okay. That'd be awesome. That would right. be awesome. Oh, definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you again. And um, I keep me posted on everything that's going on so I can keep sharing it out with everyone. Will do. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're looking forward you, to it. All right. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Have a great one. You too. Thanks. (laughs) All right. It's been a few days since we spoke and I'm still buzzing from the conversation. (laughs) Yeah, I had to say it at least once, right? All right. So they did get me really excited. I'm seriously looking forward to putting my little um, bee spa out in the garden. And I'm I'm standing like at my deck already in the winter looking out there and going, what can I do to help the bees? I hope you guys think that way too, because Look at what they did. I mean, with very little funding and some, you know, elbow grease and some inspiration, they created something for the entire community. And I think we could all do that. And I'm telling you, if you want any advice on how to do it, how to get your own hive started, how to create a community hive, they are open to talking with you and they're amazing. So I hope you enjoyed the show as much as I did. And I can't wait to hear what you're all doing. If you start a hive, you better let me know. Take care, everyone. So, are you following your passion, inspiring people, and willing to share your story? Then find me, because that's what I do. And remember, keep up with all the news by visiting glisteningparticles.com and signing up for the newsletter where you'll get the inside scoop on where I'll be wandering next, some guest updates, and the latest random acquaintance story. For up-to-the-moment shenanigans, follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you see me post from down the road at your local diner, be sure to drop everything and come say hi, because I love to meet the listeners. Until next time, keep shining. Keep shining.